0: Um, the uh, the the days between Christ, Christer. So here's what I'm thinking. Here's the problem. Um, in the last service, I said the days between Christmas and Easter, uh, the week between Christmas and Easter, twice. And now I'm trying to fix it, so I say the days between Christmas and New Year, and it comes out Christer. I'll try better. So the days between. Um, Christmas and New Year. Uh, some call this uh, dead week. Have you heard this? Or, or quiet week. Um, and, and there's something about this week that is disorienting. Whenever we get out of our schedule, out of our routine, we're a little bit disoriented. How many of you said, is this Tuesday or Wednesday. Right, I mean, that's what I mean. It's that there's a, a sure disorientation that that takes place, and it's a thing. I mean, they they on the internet you can you can find anything there, but you can find where people have have studied, have looked at um, those days in between Christmas and New Year, and um, and and noted that that we feel kind of weird, kind of strange, kind of out of sorts. It's a it's a it's a strange period of time for us, and and. Um, the, the changes in our schedules and, our, and, and the changes in um, our plans and, and the assumptions of our week, all uh, when they get jumbled about, it's, it's, it is disorienting for us. And I mean, there's a reason why you take a long vacation, right? Um, so they tell me. I'm guilty of not very often doing this. But um, it takes two to three days for you to get in vacation mode once you start vacation, right? And then if you're like me, for about two days up until you start back at work, you're already in work mode. So like in a week's vacation, I get one day, right? One or two. And it's common because it takes that long to unwind and then you start thinking about the routine you're about to go into um, and there's just a disorientation whenever things change, whenever there's a, a shift for you. And so I can imagine as those angels showed up to, Zechariah first, and then to Mary and Joseph and, and to the shepherds. There was a bit of a disorientation in their lives. Things changed all of the sudden. All of the sudden, all of the assumptions, all the norms, everything that, that they thought was, was shifted. A disorientation. But it's not always bad, because there's always the possibility of a, an orientation to something new and different. A new possibility. It's kind of like when we face the new year. Each uh, Sunday, as we've been going through this series, we've seen a a video that talks about those angels. Um, I want to show a video that kind of wraps that all up and and looks at, at what we've talked about the last couple of weeks and also what it next four weeks and also what it might mean for our future. Let's see that.
1: There's a voice that calls life from unexpected places. Barren lands will flourish with new creation. There's one who is searching for the pure in heart, waiting to find those who will trust. So what choice will you make? Because it may feel like choosing between life and death. Take her as your wife. But look closer. All he has ever offered us is life. Messiah! You see, God has come to the most unlikely people, urging them to follow, asking them to trust. The stories have been told for centuries. The wait is nearly over. Today, our Savior is born. To bring light into dark places, to be the voice in the wilderness, to call you to come home, to bring joy to the world. God has chosen you and He does not make mistakes. God's timing is not our timing, His love is not our love. He's turned His love into flesh and blood, and for that, we rejoice, Emmanuel. So don't wait, don't pack, don't plan, just go. There is a world lost in hunger. There is a world lonely and wandering. And he has called us to go and tell them. Go and tell them what God is doing. Go and tell them that God is coming. Go and tell them.
0: The call of Christmas is the promise of a reorientation of our lives from what, what honestly for most of us has been disorienting. It, 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 the message the angels bring has been promised for hundreds of years before Christ, 750 years before Christ in this story from Isaiah. Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 reads this way, and you're familiar with these words, right? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Christ wasn't some new idea. God didn't decide, you know, this Jesus guy is really religious, I ought to pick him. No, this was the plan from from before, the plan from maybe before the creation of the universe, the plan forever. God's plan is Christ, is salvation, is the redemption of humanity. Christ is the work of God seeking to save humanity from our own self-destruction and incorporate us into his story of salvation. There's a disorientation that, that those angels brought. The angel appearances brought changes to schedules and assumptions and plans. There's that initial fright, right? With each angel's story, there is the do not be afraid. Why? Because they were afraid. This was a scary event, frightening to have that angel appear to them in that way, to have that angel appear to Zechariah as he was going about his business in the temple, not expecting God to show up. That's actually funny if you think it. Never mind. And to Mary and Joseph and and, and to the shepherds. On the near term, the the angels are announcing a pregnancy and birth. Two pregnancies, actually, to Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, who's way too old to be having a baby. But God can do that. And to Mary and Joseph. And then the announcement to the shepherds. That's the near term, but the long term would be that these children would be raised to a specific purpose, God's purpose, And it would change their lives. It would change the world, change our lives. Reorientation is answering the call that comes from the angels at Christmas. It's like settling into a long vacation. It's like a decision to accept the call of Christ at Christmas is a decision to reorient your life toward what God has created you for. How is it that Zechariah and Mary and Joseph and, and even the shepherds found it so easy to think, okay, I can, I can believe this. Well, the angels helped. But also, they knew the history they knew it was to come. They had read it in their scriptures, which we know as the Old Testament, the Hebrew Testament. They already knew the stories that were told and the promises that were made. It was easy for them to enter into it because they were conditioned to accept it. They were oriented toward that story. We need disorientation sometimes to gain a new orientation as those angels illustrated for us. New Year's is an opportunity for disorientation, to decide for change. What will 24 bring for you? What disorientation will happen? Most of it will be hapless and accidental. And sometimes it's the things that make up our fears and nightmares. Death of a loved one, unemployment, an argument with a, with a friend that leads to a loss of their friendship. The presidential election that leads to the loss of the soul of America. Again. At other times, it's, it's a simple sense of, of just dissatisfaction with our lives. Wondering, am I who God called me to be? Am I, who, am I doing what God made me for? Am I living out God's purpose in my life? So, as you consider something new, something orienting you in a new way, a New Year's resolution, oh gosh, not that, because you know that's not going to last through February, right? You you know that that you've thought, maybe if I just buy the gym membership or, or buy the shoes or the bike, Maybe if I had skin in the game, I'd, I'd, I'd be successful. At, 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 and, and your experience is that the treadmill is now this, this, this you know, um, inconvenient place to hang laundry. And the gym card that you've been given does nothing more to than make your wallet fat and your bank account thin. How can you reorient your life by being intentional and not failing? And at the same time, hearing God's call on your life. Because God has called each one of us. At our creation, we were called. From the beginning, we were called. The problem is not God's calling, it's our hearing. It's our understanding, it's our acceptance. It's our familiarity with his word and promise to us that sometimes interferes with our ability to enter into his story of life. It's going to take a a, a disorientation of your regular life routine. It's going to require that you step into a new pace and a new way. That's why we've created his story. That's why I wrote this. His story is a, is a church-wide effort to deepen your understanding of God's call on your life by going to the source of the information, God's Word. His story is, is the premise that, that, that the Bible and all of history is the story of God, not the story of humanity. It's the story of God. And the wonderful, incredible news we find in God's story is that you have been invited to become a part of that story. Let that sink in for a moment. The God of the universe invites you to become a part of what he's doing in the world. That ought to be disorienting alone. It was for Zechariah and Elizabeth. It was for Mary and Joseph It was for the shepherds. But they settled into a new routine and a new reality. They reoriented their lives to God's call. And they were changed. And the world was changed. And God wants to make that kind of reorienting change in your life. So how does it work? Well, if you were here uh, last week... You heard me say that there are 261 workdays in the coming year. I was wrong. Google lied to me. Here, I thought everything on the internet was true. Not 261. There are 267 weekdays this coming year. I counted this morning. 267 weekdays this coming year. There are 260 chapters in the New Testament. That means if you read one chapter per day, Monday through Friday, by the end of the year, before the end of the year, you will have completed the New Testament. So grab your Bible or go buy one if you don't have one. Or download it on the internet to your phone. It's, it, there's so many free apps for it, and there's a couple that I use all the time. Ask me uh, if you want, and I'll, I'll, I'll show you where the, the ones are. that I, I use two of them, actually, all the time on my phone. And they're free. Now, reading alone, reading the Scripture alone, doesn't necessarily help with comprehension. So grab a copy of history on your way out. This is for anybody. These are free. This is the church's gift to you. It's my gift to you as the author. There's a devotion for every one of those chapters of the New Testament. And it helps you uh, deepen your understanding of what's going on in that scripture. And also, each chapter then has a place for you to write down your thoughts, to, to reflect on what you've read, either the devotion you've read or the scripture that you've read. I've cleverly named that page, His Story, My Journal. I've had a couple of you laughed because nobody in the last service thought that was clever. It's, a, it's when, we, when we reflect in writing, it becomes a little more real to us. It has a little more staying power in our heart. And then each Sunday sermon will reflect on something you read the week before. Again, just to help you deepen your understanding of, of what God's message is to you through his story. And then finally, there are several groups uh, in the church that will be using uh, this, this reflection as a, as a way of, uh, as a curriculum for their uh, weekly meetings. There um, are uh, groups that meet Sunday morning that will be using it. Um, uh, I'm going to be leading an online uh, group Sunday evening, um, and uh, there's a way to connect to that. Um, But also, uh, there's a group that meets, um, let me get this right. There's uh, two groups that meet, one group that meets Tuesday morning, and two that are going to meet Tuesday evening, I'm leading one of those for anybody who wants to attend. My wife leads one of those for uh, uh, women. If you prefer to be in a, a women's group, um, but these are these. What what we know is that that you're more likely to do these things if you have a group that's encouraging you, helping you, holding you accountable. You're more likely to do the reading, to do the reflection. And to begin to hear God's call in your life if you do that in a group. So get yourself into a group. We'll have that posted on the website at uh, um, LivingWordUMC.org/slash. History-journal, um, journey, excuse me, um, and um, if that's, uh, that won't be up on the website right away. I think it is up there, but it's a little hard to find. It will be on the front page of the website here um, b- before the week's out, so you can figure out which one of those groups that you want to go to. They're, they're open and accepting, uh, ready for you to show up, be glad for you to show up. The great stories in the Bible are God's story. And God has invited us to become a part of God's story. The disorientation that needs to take place isn't bad in this case. We need to be disoriented from what our life has been and oriented toward what God calls us to. The disorientation you experience when you realize God wants you to be a part of his story is no surprise. What a, what a pity and a shame if, if you wouldn't allow that disorientation to reorient you toward the life purpose for which God created you. Amen and amen.